I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman, with another Woodland Escape. All right, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. I'm Bjorn Lloydstead. And I'm Fudd Klugman. Good to be back with you again tonight, Fudd. You just returned from the American Southwest. Arizona, the Phoenix area. I, like many, many Minnesotans, we have retired relatives in Sun City West. No way. So. No way. Hard to believe. <laughs> yes, indeed. In fact, I'm... If you bump into anybody down in Sun City West, chances are they're from Minnesota and they're visiting their grandparents or in-laws or somebody from Minnesota, right. the snowbirds. Right. Yeah, I ran into a similar situation visiting a sister who lives in Casa Grande. Ah. All these different people out doing different kind of event kind of things. And let's ride ATVs across the desert. Let's, uh, you know check out the domes, all these different places, run into folks. And where are you from? Minnesota. <laughs> all right. You don't say. <laughs> Me too. Get out of here. One of my, you know, there's something about the dry desert. Uh, I like to go to the White Tank Mountains and just look around at the the dry washes. Absolutely. Know, the, and I've, I've modeled one of them uh, and created this kind of wash riverbed kind of thing in my my suburban backyard here backyard absolutely and i really wish that uh it would have the dryness and the less humidity and weeds that you know grow here in minnesota but uh, that's all right you might end up getting like jumping choya growing all of a sudden and say wait a minute now you're not supposed to be here yeah did you you get up close and personal to any jumping choya while you were in arizona this last time well you'll have to tell me what jumping choya is you know it's a it it can be very short and it can get very tall, but it's kind of a I'm hard pressed to say it's a cactus, but it's covered in spines, so it must be. Uh. Uh, they look almost furry, kind of gray green. But uh, oh. people down there are always saying, "Man, don't get too close to it; it'll, it'll, it'll reach out and grab you." I want to reach oh. out and grab it, you. Uh, it, it sticks quite effectively to clothing and skin, and uh, you're going to lose some blood when you break free. Well, I took quite a few pictures, and I did see. Are they all kind of tangly looking? Many, oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. So I'll I'll bet I bet I saw plenty of them. Stayed away, but uh, took pictures. Jumping choya. Interesting. I, I always stuff. take a number of pictures every year of the of the rocks and like I said, the dry riverbeds or washes and and of course the cactuses. And it's just so different. I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. There's something something about that. Very dry and those sunsets that are going down. The moon's up at like two in the afternoon. Mesas everywhere. It's, it, it's you know, I, you'd probably grow tired of it if you were there all year round. I suppose. But uh, do we boys. get tired of all the lakes here in Minnesota? Well, or do you just take them for granted? Or? I think in our down times we take them for granted. You know, right? And then and then we move into this time of year and the ice is starting to thin and trees are budding out. It's like ah, it's back finally, almost so close we can taste it. Yes, we are. We have rounded the corner here. That that rebel of mine and those two rebels I have in the tackle box are just screaming to get in the Gold River. I, ca- I cannot wait to see what you haul in with with the rebel. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's uh, good to have you back. I'm glad we're back here. Um, you know, we had talked a little bit at one point about uh, some of the research I did, just because I thought there's a lot of different folks going to cabin country and. Cabin country for some is fishing. Cabin country for some is holding down a dock chair and and seeing how much coffee they can swallow in the morning and uh, watch the sun dance on the waves. And for some, it's hunting. Mm -hmm. Cabin is a good hunting spot. I did a little research to figure out what across the state a lot of the firsts were on on a top ten kind of list. But Uh that's probably for, you know, everything from shot shell to... You know, the beer they drink, those who drink it, uh, you know, uh, the coffee brands that are out there, the pancake mix, all that kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Favorite favorite lures, all that, and, and got a lot of help from some of our local media. And that's Excellent. all well and good, and probably an upcoming episode very, very soon. But I thought maybe we could just start with the down-home version, just Fudd and Bjorn. Things sure. they remember from their past, and, and going up to the cabin, and... What kind of stuff mattered when you were about seven or eight years old? Radio. You know, for me, a large part of it was there was that squeaky cooler that sat in the back seat with me. One of two, if not three. <laughs> and I'd always wonder, I wonder what mom packed in there uh-huh. for me. What does Bjorn get this weekend? Because let's let's not kid ourselves. When you're seven or eight or even well into your 50s, uh, it's, it's always <laughs> about me. You know, it's, uh, the important thing is, is what do I get? What sweet and, drink. Uh, oh, man, man. You know, cabin, 80 degrees in July days, and hanging out on the dock, and, and all I can think is, what's in the fridge? It's getting kind of hot out here. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of things coming up, specifically gold metal soda. Remember gold metal? Gold Fun. metal. Just vaguely. Gold metal and or Red Owl brand. I think, yes. I think Red Owl might have had their own brand, and I'm sure someone will let us know if I'm wrong on that, but it seemed to me that was kind of a house brand you could yeah. invest in, um, step up a, another notch, the Shasta. Yes, remember the Shasta. Big Shasta guy. I was a black cherry fiend myself. I don't know about you. Yes, uh, that was always the favorite, black cherry. Black cherry, very good. They made a, a passable cherry cola. Uh, keen on all those kinds of things, but black cherry, man, just... Three or four of those in a in an insulated mug I bought at a flea market that said, strangely enough, some beer label on it. <laughs> Look at me! I got a what kind of beer are you drinking there? It's cherry, black black cherry, black cherry very, soda. Very, very good. 
I recall, too, um, kind of hoping from time to time. My mom always packed in something kind of strange called Slender. Slender? And it came in every flavor you can imagine from your good friends at Shasta or Gold Medal or whoever, but uh, Slender was a diet soda. And in the 70s, wow. that was pretty rare, I felt. Hmm. And uh, my mom liked it because there was only one calorie in every can, and it had every flavor you could imagine. And I got real used to drinking it because it was there. Oh. It was cold, but I remember thinking constantly, too, we had a dairy in my hometown growing up, and you went in there to get your bottles of milk and whatever else, but they they had every imaginable soda flavor you could think of in, in just these stacks of crates, yeah. and you got a plastic kind of blue case, and you walked around, and, well, see, I want two grapefruit sodas, and I want four cream sodas, five cream sodas, okay, I'll get six cream sodas, and the, what's that leaving me with? Okay, then I'm going to get four black cherries. I remember not thinking much of their cola products, but uh, yeah, they had all these funky flavors like white soda. This is all slender. No, 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 this is, this is going Viking creamery. It oh, was, Viking it was, a, it was a, it was a, like I say, a dairy, but they did their own, it was kind of pre-pop shop, pop shop, okay. you remember pop okay. shop? I do remember pop shop. Remember when a nickel bought a bottle full of soda pop? We've brought back those good old time flavors. Indeed. And uh, they did the same thing. The problem being that case was big. Mm-hmm. It was plastic. We had a Ford Pinto. Oh. <laughs> My dad was kind of like, not, not, nope, too big, taking up too much space. And then there was the downside, too, if you had to bring it home. It oh, was, yeah. uh, they were returnable glass bottles, and they'd wash them, and they'd refill them, and they'd recap them, and... Right. But they had all these cool flavors, and I was just like, oh my gosh, we got to do that. And then Pop Shop came into being, and I thought, oh, yeah. wow, they're smaller. Dad, they don't take up as much space. Nope. <laughs> too big. Too big. But that was that was a lot of fun, too. I do remember my dad. Uh, I, I, I have this vision of him in his uh, light blue post office T-shirt that he wore in the summer. And uh, on his way home, he'd stop, maybe fill up the tank at the Super America um not far from us and uh and right attached i thought to the t- super america was a sure. pop shop absolute vendor and uh, yeah he'd come with a whole new i think my favorite looking one i don't know if i liked the flavor the best was the blue raspberry blue raspberry strange i i was just going to bring that up yeah that's the one that sticks out the most yeah and you thought it's blue how cool is this it's sort of like those and bomb pops kind of go together right i didn't know what you know well it's red white and blue this is america flavor there or, we go or fireworks flavor, but it was blue raspberry, the white was lemon, and I think the red was cherry, right? Sure. In the bomb pops. Yep. But yep. similar flavors in the pop shop uh, flavors. And you hung on to them because you brought it back full and you got a deposit, and then you could put that towards your next one. Right. That right. was cool. Now, did you have a favorite FUD of uh, something's coming up with us, and I hope I like what I see? If, if, if in your favorite realm of things, what were you... What were you greeted by when you opened that refrigerator door? Uh, so drink-wise? Um, yes. Well, I guess I guess what we've been talking about, either the uh, like a raspberry-flavored bottle of pop shop soda or a black cherry Shasta. And I know we talked in like one of the, the first episodes about the about the little plastic barrel Jugs, yes. The jug of drinks. Yes. Uh, red drink, orange drink, grape. Pur- purple. I think I like, like good old purple drink. I think we also were big Kool-Aid uh, people. We would bring up a plastic uh, cooler. I remember this gallon-sized plastic 
cooler. I don't remember the brand, but I know it was kind of a gold, sort of that 70s era goldish, brownish, right. mustardy right. yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it had a little spout in the front. And that white spout was like stained red because of all <laughs> the red or cherry flavored or strawberry flavored Kool Aid we had. So right. I think we would, that was the cheapest, you know, a little five cent, ten cent packet. Two cups of sugar. Plenty of sugar <laughs> and some water, and there you go. That's all good. You could maybe even use river water if you really got hard pressed. Yeah, I think we did. Use I mean, the, we always. Cherries and fish. <laughs> it, a lot, it tasted very irony, uh, yes. uh, the water up there. But uh, I don't know if we noticed that. If you had plenty of sugar in there, it covered that up. All that matters. You get out of the get out of the water and you're hot and it's 90 degrees and there it is. Drink it up and you're left with a red Salvador Dali mustache. Absolutely. Uh, I need to brush your teeth. Yes. Without a doubt. Well, I personally, I, I don't know where, I think, I, I, the only thing I can guess is my dad found them at Channel Liquors. But he'd sometimes buy a mixed bag of soda, too, just to kind of throw in... The bag with his with his twelve pack, that the twelve pack I might add, which would last like three trips up. <laughs> oh boy, You're really milking this thing, aren't you, Dad? But uh, wow, Tom Moore. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, people our age think Tom Moore. You're probably talking about like Tom Collins mix or sweet mm-hmm. and sour. Uh, sweet and sour. But they actually made canned soft drinks. Yeah, and uh, they, I, I just remember they always tasted several steps better than everything else hmm. i'm not quite sure why and and the sad thing was i've, I've never been good with moderation if, if that was in the fridge they were gone by saturday <laughs> saturday mid-morning it's like where'd they all go yep drink them another favorite was royal crown soda royal crown yes i mean i think they still make that oh they do okay they do i haven't had one of those in a while i used to my mom was a a, a straight coke drinker she loved coke mm-hmm my dad, I don't think he cared for that. Well, I think he preferred Royal Crown. Pepsi just never kind of was in the house. Never caught but, on. But Royal Crown was a good, uh, and I think I liked that. It had a unique cola flavor, and it was a little less, you know, carbonated tasting. Than, right. But that was another favorite. Well, it was kind of kind of a hidden brand, too. It was like, well, yeah. we've got this. This is different than what you've got. Yeah. Check it out. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Were you ever a Fresca fan at all? I loved Fresca. I loved Fresca. And then then later on, all the kind of curious additions they'd make to, well, Fresca or Sprite. Yeah. Wow, Cranberry Sprite. This is cool. (laughs) But that didn't exist, you know, in 1978. Right. And, you know, I'll still see some of these things in the grocery store and be like, why wasn't that there? You know, I just Coke is currently making a lot of interesting flavors, kind of trying to get back into their their market niche. Yeah. And, uh. Blueberry acai flavored Coke. I have one sitting in my fridge at home. Oh my gosh! It's just cold, and unless my daughter's gotten to it first, and I, I really hope that hasn't happened. But <laughs> yeah, in the tall, skinny can, I'm like blueberry Coke. That could be fascinating. I always had it in my head too. I love the smell of the juniper trees that kind of grow oh, yes, yes. all throughout the mid part of the state, going farther north. Often as not, you're driving on the highway headed north or headed west or whatever, and you see them kind of standing solitary in the in the ditches. Mm-hmm. You know, and they get the bark smells good. Yeah, you know, you break the the foliage that smells good, but then they get the little juniper berries on them. Right, and it's got that real. It's it's piney, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not real hard to figure out, but it's it's. My friends always say, "Oh man, it smells like like a gin and tonic." 
I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't want the alcohol, but I love that. <laughs> and I always thought, boy, if you could do kind of like a dry cola mm-hmm. and mix that kind of pine flavor with it, that yeah. could be fascinating. And there is a company out of Colorado that does it, but I don't really want to spend $3 oh. per bottle right. on this soda with, with shipping. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that better be good is all I can say. Well, it's good and good for you. Good and good for you. You kind of get what you pay for, apparently. Right, right. It comes through the mail. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, Royal Crown. I like that. And then RC was their their diet. Diet RC. Diet Diet Rice, I think. Oh, yes, yes, Diet Rice. And that didn't taste as strangely chemical as some of the stuff my mom hauled up. Tab. I, I, oh, my mom, mom drank that a little yep, bit. And yep, we had tab. That was weird tasting. Well, I left that for, for mom. <laughs> I was like, you can have all the tab you want. You go right ahead. It had a real strange aftertaste. I remember that. But well, there's my lawsuit. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think it's time to take a short break and top off our coffees or grab something cold out of the fridge or cooler. And we'll come right back with more from our list of cabin country favorites after this. Get the drift. We feature ice-cold drinks at our concession. Live from Randall, Minnesota, it's the 12-gauge music of Oliver Spaltz. Tonight, the music of the Grouse Camp is brought to the dance floor with Oliver Spalt and his over-under orchestra. Dance to the Northwoods Supper Club sounds of A Walk in the Motley Woods. Consider chuckers bursting from cover to Princeton Now Then, Here We Come. There's never a snag of river weeds on your hook when you're hearing Gull River. Let's not forget the musical question, Finlandia? Let the outboards, mechanical issues, or the cracked stock problems of your Mossberg 16-gauge swirl away with the magical sounds of Oliver Spalt and his over-under orchestra. You'll be glad you did. Look for Oliver and his gang every time you gas up at the Gas Station Podcast Network, or look for him at 6 p.m. every Sunday night on cable TV's Outdoors Minnesota Channel. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fud Klugman in Cabin Country. Well, we got that kind of squared away. I'm, I'm thinking now that part of the world smells are very strong and sights. 
Yes. Thinking that kind of Gull River area, Cross Lake area, Deerwood, you know, headed farther north. Favorite tree, Fudd? Your favorite tree. You're a cabin country connoisseur. You know the country well. What's the tree that really gets a hold of you? Well, my, I think my favorite has been the the quaking aspen or the poplar. I used, I first knew them as poplars because I, I did too. Yeah. When we went to the shack, my cousin cousin's place, uh, there is this ridge that kind of runs along the river, and I'm talking like, you know, uh, 300 yards from the the river itself. But there's kind of a, a ridge, so, so high ground. As you're driving in on the dirt road. There's this little ridge you kind of go down, and uh, in this spot at the shack, there were these tall poplar trees, and it was always referred to as Partridge Hill, Okay, I think. Um, and because there was always, you know, partridges, uh, grouse nesting there. Sure. And, and so I always, of course, had this connection to that. But uh, now, on our own property, I'm finding as... More and more trees, like a lot of this skinny and dying uh, red oaks, which are another favorite. Oh, yeah. The smell, and I love the the way they're, the the leaves in the fall, and the way they smell when you burn them. Absolutely. Some of those have been tossed tossed over and down from the the winds we've had in the last few years. Some pretty big storms. And it's leaving more light to some of the younger trees, and I noticed that they're quaking aspens. So we've got this nice little grove of... uh, Quaking aspens behind the wood pile up there that my dad yep. has, yep. and um, made an early impression, and it continues to be my because it's so arresting if in the fall when you see those yellow medallions quake, right. quaking in the in the wind, right? So um, sun kind of glistening off them. How about yourself? Uh, well, that 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 was that was right there. I you know I I was kind of looking at some notes. I was jotting down about hmm, what do I like? I red red oaks are hard to beat. I mean mm-hmm. when when they change color you know they're slow to change and when they do change it's a real i don't know why the the word whiny kind of like a Mm -hmm. deep red kind of always comes to mind you know but they're beautiful and they've those that are down have often made their way into the fire ring while we're up there Mm -hmm. and then they they smell good and they they make a real good crackling blaze you know yeah but boy yeah those quaking aspens are hard to beat and i you know the there's a friend of mine up in ely who's uh wildlife instructor for at a, a camp and he talks about how aspens tend to almost clone themselves mm-hmm. like you'll like that grove you've got behind your woodpile is yeah. probably all it's one tree that's just kind of right. spread out and taken over they're all you know you'll see a stand of aspens and there might be acres of them right and they're all kind of almost the same tree it's it's yeah. interesting you know, sucker growth or whatever you call it. You know, they're sending out all kinds of things, but it's uh, it's kind of like one big living organism. It's pretty amazing. I was just going to say, I, I I think I've read or heard somewhere that that's considered like one of the largest living organisms. Right, is a grove of of aspens. Correct trees. So. Yeah, and I do. I, just to throw it out there, I also I know there are also big tooth aspens out mm-hmm. there. They're larger leaves that have a lot of well teeth on them on the edges, as they say. And those might have been the taller poplars that I kind of saw, but uh, but plenty of the quaking aspen uh, with the smaller 
silver dollar size leaves. I think a not, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think not so distant relative of those quaking aspens too is the cottonwood. Oh yeah, and it seems to me like they're kind of of the same same lineage. Cottonwoods have very big leaves and become they do. massive trees, and absolutely huge. Fast growers, I've heard. And I just remember that in the spring, our neighbors had a cottonwood and white bear, and and uh, they get these these bud cones in the spring mm-hmm. that fall off, and then the leaves start coming out, and they are absolutely sticky. And they yeah. <laughs> they stick to everything, and I, yeah. I just remember my neighbor would always park his car on the kind of side driveway, and this cottonwood would be dropping all these things, and it was like. He almost had to scrape his windshield to get this right. stuff off. <laughs> He's like, oh, my goodness gracious. And what's this doing to the paint job? And it wasn't long thereafter the cottonwood wasn't there anymore. Right. Um, but I think people have mixed feelings about cottonwoods. They yeah. tend to, well, they can be messy. and Right. Well, and the, the cotton that they kick yeah. out in the, in the late spring. Yeah. Sending seeds all over the place. It's just billowing and blowing through your town like, you know. Like uh, tumbleweed, you know, it's almost oh, yeah. like cottony tumbleweed, right. kind of cruising through the neighborhood, like giant cottonwood dust bunnies right. in the yard, hitting it with a lawnmower, <laughs> take off all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Now, we're what am I spreading out? Pull here. those out of the lawn, kid. That's your job later. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, there's a there's a side benefit too for me to the quaking aspen. That's the, the, obviously they look beautiful as the sun mm-hmm. is rising or setting. Yeah, and that real stiff kind of movement of the leaves, the right. quaking aspect, but. There's something about those leaves too when they hit the forest floor, mm-hmm. and they start breaking down, and, you know, decomposing. And it's a lot of things decompose with a real funky mm-hmm. aroma. But there's something kind of pleasant about the smell of aspen leaves as they break down. Yeah, and I, it reminds me for some strange reason of one of my dad's favorite old cereals from back in the uh-huh. Tom Thumb soda days. He was a big fan of this stuff called buckwheats. Buckwheats. Buckwheat oh, yeah. cereal. Yes. The vaguely maple-flavored right. buckwheat-based cereal. That, as a kid, I hated it. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the worst. Are you kidding me? Was, oh, smell that. Just, I know I always got to, you don't know what's good. <laughs> Darn right I don't. This is terrible. Uh, now I kind of miss it. I wish they still had it. Um, you know, it would it would bring me back. Walking, walking through the woods and a... Late, late September, early October, Saturday, the sun is out. You don't really need a jacket, but you certainly mm-hmm. need a flannel shirt. And you're carrying yeah. your 16 gauge or whatever you've got out there in the woods, and we're looking for grouse and we're looking for partridge. Right. Just breathing deep, you know, man, it smells clean. You know, it's a good smell. Yeah, that's one of those smells in the autumn that just, you know, it's like every year, especially this time of year, when we're anxious for summer, let's get the snow melted. And when the snow melts, everything looks just kind of wet soggy and right. dead brown brown but gray before all that happens and the leaves are freshly dr- dropped and then they're starting to decay the, this the fragrance of that is is part of that not to sound like a commercial here but it just that's part of the magic of the autumn that why, why most of us here will say that we love fall it's the beautiful leaves but the sounds and the 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 sense of the drying leaves in the woods that come from, like the, the aspen trees, are just amazing. Absolutely. Under the boots, you hear crackling away as you're walking. It just, just kicks up that smell. It's, it's a good thing. And since to, to kind of keep going here with the smell of trees and so forth, it, uh, we were talking about the red oak, and uh, my, my dad's buddy Wally has 80 acres uh, just beyond uh, Hudson. And um, he's got a lot of white oak, 
And uh, I remember I was on his property. We were actually getting some wood for me to bring back so I could burn some in my fireplace. Absolutely. And my dad's buddy Wally was comparing the two, the white oak and the red oak. He he doesn't like the smell of the red oak. He he compared it to, you know, what it smells like when when you throw up. (laughs) You know, when you cut open. (laughs) And I thought, well, okay, I guess I can smell that. But um, that is a long way from my original impression, (laughs) which uh, when I kind of started to drink wine more often and, and, uh, you know, the whole oak... uh, Kind of tannin, kind of yeah. The the tannins and the oak flakes. Sometimes a nice red wine will remind me of the red oaks up at the cabin. Sure, sure. And uh, well, apparently for some people it might remind people of getting sick on wine or something. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, as soon um, as those logs hit the splitter, it's, it's yeah heave time all over the place. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. Ch- check your stomachs at the door. I'm going to split the first. First of the chord. Here we go. Yikes! I don't know. I, they're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I, I do. I do know this. I'm, I'm, I like to fancy myself sort of the Yule Gibbons of the mm-hmm. 21st century. Rest in peace, Yule. Fascinating reading. I, I love his books. Remember him on the Tonight Show. All these kinds of things. The man was mercilessly lampooned by Johnny Carson. Oh, really? oh they're constantly making fun of, of Yule Gibbons. Yeah, it's a pine tree. You can eat it. <laughs> Everything was edible, and and really, he's he wasn't too far from the mark. But one mm-hmm. thing that he talks about in one of his books is that if you try to eat a red oak acorn, oh, you might just create that smell <laughs> you're used to when, when when Wally starts splitting wood. Uh, it's they're bitter, tannic, you know, yeah. brutal. It just pulls the moisture right out of your mouth. I, I made that mistake once, um, but Yule, as well as my friends up at that camp. In uh, in Ely, white oak acorns are actually edible. Hmm. And uh, straight off the ground, pick them up, and if they've dried a little bit, all the better. If they haven't, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, you split that green husk or that wooden, you know, brown husk off it, and uh, it tastes like kind of just a real bland nut. Hmm. And of course, you look at it first to make sure, much like a perch, there aren't little pinholes on it. Right. Hey, what's that? <laughs> More protein. Outstanding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of enjoy them. I, hmm. White oak acorns are actually pretty good. And and they would always say, well, husk them and then put them in a frying pan. Just let them sit on the fire, and it's a meal in itself. Sort of like having a cabin country nut dish out there by the huh? campfire. Mouthwatering. You probably don't want to go crazy on them. And, Eat half a bushel. Lord knows what oh, yeah. what you'll be smelling and thinking tomorrow. It's, right. This is not exactly the red oak barf smell, I was <laughs> but uh, no, they're they're edible. I, I and white oaks are huge, beautiful trees. But I, I've often felt that when autumn hits in cabin country, those leaves get kind of boring. I mean, they just kind of go brown, yeah, gray, fall off. Right, that's about it. But uh, I, I always feel like they're a bigger tree than a red oak. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. At least you know girth of the trunk kind of thing, but uh, yeah, either either or there. And then there's the this thing called I don't know if it's a burr oak or the overcup oak, but you'll you'll know it because it drops these acorns, and the whole acorn is covered by this kind of this husk. You know, it's like oh. a it's almost like a like a felt um, crisscross pattern kind of stuff. You got to peel it all off. And, oh sure. Uh, I think I've tried eating one or two of those. Yum, yum. That did it for me. But, yeah, the white oak <laughs> acorns are actually pretty good, and the deer love them. The deer absolutely yeah. love them. You know, they'll, they'll take those over the red oak. 
at any given time. Now that leads me to kind of my next step with that FUD. When we're when we're sitting there on our autumn trip, you mm-hmm. know, benefiting from the fire ring, you know, it's, yes. you're not quite seeing your breath, but there's definitely some cool air blowing around, and the mm-hmm. sky's clear, and the sun is set, and we get a good fire going. Now, from those trees, what's your favorite firewood tree in cabin oh. country? What do you what do you like the best? Well, let's see. I mentioned the the red oak is nice, slow burning. Yeah, it's it's a pretty hard wood. Um, I've always, since you can't really burn pine inside because of the pitch and how right. that builds up on your flue. Creosote. Yeah, it's fire. dangerous. We do burn a lot of pine. There's an awful lot of pine up there, and so the, I've always associated the smell of the, you know. I don't know if there's much... It's not like we burn a lot of jack pine. I don't know there's some up there. Red pine, um, Norwegian pine, white, a variety of white pine, I think. Uh, but I do like the smell of the pine burning. And it's a lot different than burning a couple of old two-by-fours in your home right. grate. You know, it's, right. it's not the same. There's just something about it. And, and lately, my whole family will attest to the fact that when you're cooking, whether it's hot dogs, even steaks... Or hamburgers, when we cook them up there over the, you know, like the pine fire grate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. That smoky flavor that is unlike anywhere else. It's delicious. And of course, we've had our food segment. And um, yeah, sometimes things that taste sort of normal or sort of bland at home will taste really good over an open fire. I feel like when we're up there, there's a lot of snags that are down that are. It's either scotch pine or it's jack pine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, someone will probably call in and Don will ignore their phone call. <laughs> but, you know, with, no, 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 you're way off. You're way off. But it seems like they both have those cones that are, like, yeah. made out of cement. Right. You know, they're rock hard. Right. They're at this funky little angle. They almost look like commas, you know. Yeah. And uh, you got to break them off and... and uh, to throw them in the fire ring, or you just put the whole bow in and, and let mm-hmm. it go. And the second you do, there's that just that crackling, hissing rush. You know, yeah. the flame jumps right eight feet, and we're always worried about, oh, oh, <laughs> one of the last of these red oaks that's looming over the. You know, is that gonna? Yeah, now, that's gone now. Strangely enough, that too was a yeah. a, a victim of, of the storms in the last couple of years. But uh, those things open up. You know, yeah. those, those cones. That's that's a survival tactic for for at least the jack pine I know is or maybe it's the scotch maybe it's both, but uh, they need fire yeah. to open the cones and when the cones open the seeds come out and they're right. one of the first trees to grab hold and start reforesting yeah. burnt over land so I love that smell yeah there's nothing yeah. there's something about pine tree smell mm-hmm. I don't know there's, there's a definitely a, a seasonal holiday geek in me that loves the smell and at the same time boy it burns like nothing else I mean it's just Really goes. Great yeah. for heating up a giant can of chili. Oh, right. <laughs> and and really making a spoon uncomfortable to grab, too. Yes. You know, my grandpa used to talk. Uh, he was an old farmer from western Minnesota, and he he didn't particularly like birch. Mm-hmm. He thought birch made for kind of punk fires. Hmm. Although, again, you know, my friends up there at Dunord and Widgeewagon and They'll tell you, there's, they'll jokingly refer to it as like nature's napalm. You want to get a fire started, yeah. even if things are wet, you find downed birch bark. Right. And that will burn. That will get, that will get started. 
and, yeah. uh, and, and burn for a while, you know. So obviously you'd never take it off a living tree. Right, you know, right. you don't, you're peeling. It's a, I remember the Joe up there talking to some little kid. It's kind of like peeling your skin off. You wouldn't want that happening to you, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave that birch tree alone, you know. It's going to have to heal itself. But if you find it down, boy, that stuff is like, you know, that burns well. And if the birch is dry, it's okay. Um, the aspen, on the other hand. And I know we've tried burning that at the fire ring up at Gull River, and that can be slow to go. Yeah, a lot of smoke. A lot. Of, it turns black. It kind of starts hissing at you, and there's moisture right. coming out of the cut end, and yeah, it just doesn't really go very well. And that was something my grandfather always referred to as ironwood. Oh, oh okay. man, you don't want to burn ironwood. That's just no good. Yeah, no good at all. It won't burn. You're never going to get anywhere with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably opt for birch over aspen, but. Yes. It's got to be very dry. Good fire starter and, well, pine uh, you know, ignites pretty quickly, too, if it's dry. Right. But, um, yeah. Well, you got some maples up there, too, don't you? Maples, gosh. They're pretty far and few between, it seems to me, in the immediate area. It's so much red red oak and bur oak, like you mentioned. Right. You know, they got the big leaves with the rounded lobes and yep. a few white oak um some birch we've got birch right on the on the shoreline i guess by the dock protected by rabbit wire because in well earlier days beavers would like to come and and uh, gnaw those down um, well, the rabbits will strip those bear too yeah and deer deer love to browse on birch boy. right it's like we, we love the animals but you know eat all the other trees not ours on the on the but uh, I'm trying to think. Maples, well, you know, we'll have to take a, more of an inventory we'll this take year. take an inventory. We'll go up there with a, think of my old, G, what was he, forestry professor at UW River Falls. We'll put on our cruising vests. All right. Get out our tally and go around it. Yes. He would also get out his tree drill and age a bunch of trees. Oh, this, look, now we count the rings here. This one's 25 years old. Look at that. And I remember standing there as a grad student going, you just punched like a quarter-inch <laughs> right. hole in a living tree right to its core. Yeah, That can't what? be good. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Well, it's time for another short break here, and I'd like to take a moment to introduce a new sponsor of the Cabin Country podcast, Sunset Sales Vacation Resort on Majestic Lake of the Woods. Sunset Sales features top-of-the-line accommodations and services for you and your family, including golf, tennis, swimming, water skiing, five-star dining, hot tubs and spa services, and, of course, complete fishing outfitters. Sunset Sales offers an exclusive fishing concierge service that exceeds all other guide services in the state of Minnesota. And our very own Bjorn Lloydstedt, got to experience this incredible fishing concierge service for himself. This stretch of water looks and feels just like a magical walleye slink trip I had on uh, Cabotogama, Lake Cabotogama, years ago. Beautiful. It's like deja vu. The sun's coming down in the sky here. It's unreal. It's like I'm, I'm... Living through a second coming here. This is unbelievable. Yeah. I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to relive fishing history here. I've got a Brooks Reaper, and I, I love yeah. this lure. Uh, and I'm, I've got a leech on it. Uh, it. This was the same thing, you know, back on Cabotogama. This worked like a charm three summers ago. 
the sun, the warm shell of water. Can't miss. I, I, I kind of have to give it a try. We're just going to give this one more, well, one sir, more shot. I, yeah. Well, I don't mean to overstep my bounds here, but I am a sunset sales professional with an intimate knowledge of Lake of the Woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah the setting sun, a copper spoon, dimple, hammered. I, yeah, I, like, I, it's irresistible to the walleye pike. Yeah. That fathead minnow, you really can't miss. Trust me. I, okay, I well, you know, point taken. I, I thank you. Uh, that's what I'll throw it next, but I kid you not, man. This is this is a replay of one of the greatest afternoons fishing I ever enjoyed. It's like a replay. I'm seeing a movie in my head here. I got to try remake magic with that Reaper and the Leech. It's it's just it's, well, it's I, I got me a five pound walleye that fought cats and dogs years ago. Yeah, it's gonna happen again. I can feel it. It's well, just it's right know, here. Real lake is different. Uh, I've been fishing this. Uh, Forty years, I you know 40, Brooks uh, Brooks Reaper. I, I, if you don't mind, I mean, just uh, you know, uh, please, you, uh, please stop. Listen, I you know the Reaper's fine, but I you know I know this I, lake. I, seriously, I, I, hold on there. We're I'm, gonna harm I'm each the, other if you're, I, I'm the fisherman here. I understand that, what sir. What do you think but, you're doing? Well, I I really don't think the Reaper's gonna work. Uh, hold on, Reaper. I know this lake. Sunset sailing resort on beautiful Lake of the Woods in northernmost Minnesota. Everything you'd angle for on a top-flight fishing vacation. Now featuring the Sunset Sales Tackle Concierge Service. Only at Sunset Sail. What you hire me for? Now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fudd Klugman on Cabin Country. Switch it back to food. You were, we were talking about cereal, the wonderful aroma of uh, you know the aspen leaves yeah. and your dad's old favorite cereal, right? Buck buckwheats, um, and it made me think about what what the favorite cereal to bring up on the cabin trip was. This I'll is, let this you is, it's it's a it's a one one two three punch for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, if every time we went up, if uh, my mom was feeling kindly. And or they were on sale. Uh huh. We'd get that little travel thing from Kellogg's. Oh, that yes. had like twelve tiny boxes of cereal in it. Yes. You know, all shrink wrapped together. Yeah. <laughs> and they always hid the ones nobody liked in the middle, so you couldn't see them. And you'd get up there. Oh God! There's like five boxes of you know whatever that is. My dad would be like, "Well, I'll eat it. Never mind." <laughs> but yeah, it was hands down going away. My favorite. Apple Jacks. Oh, okay. Absolutely loved Apple, Apple Jacks. Jacks. It's in a firm second place, Sugar Corn Pops. Oh, yes. I'm right there with you. That yep, was one bright of my yellow, kind of looked like packing peanuts. You know, it was just ridiculous. Was like, and they were wonderful. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. And then a distant third was uh, was Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. Because you could drink the milk when you were done. Oh, yes. And it was kind of funky colored. Tutti Fruity. Tasting. Poor man's chai. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Wow, it's delicious. It's like Himalayan tea. I love it. I think my favorite of that pack was the Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. I mean, I, the Corn Pops were right up probably at the top, but Frosted Flakes were a close second. Tony the Tiger. Oh, yes. They're great. And uh, I have a funny little aside on that. Um, my wife says she grew, grew up being allowed maybe one box of sugar cereal every three months or yep. so. Sounds familiar. But my mom 
had quite a sweet tooth when it came to cereal. Okay. And so I lucked out, and we had a pretty regular supply of things like Fruity Pebbles. Oh, wow. And Frosted Flakes, and, of course, Cheerios. Mm Mm-hmm. And also something called King Vitamin. King Vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> King Abgoban. King Abgoban. <laughs> but uh, the, the uh, aside to the aside is that not only did my mom purchase and let us eat Frosted Flakes, I remember her admitting to me and Gramps one afternoon that she liked to have a bowl of Frosted Flakes and add some sugar to it. Oh, my. <laughs> so... <laughs> So whenever we, uh, whenever I happen to buy a box of, of of sugary cereal these days for my daughters, right, and my wife is kind of rolling her eyes at me, going, "Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's really good that's for you." Yeah, I always bring up the story of well, my mom, you know, we, <laughs> she had frosted flakes with an extra with added sugar. spoonful of white sugar here, on here. it. Here, oh. here, here, because they're great. Yeah. With ex- and they're sweet. You wondered why Tony was so energetic. You know, <laughs> right. Barely stay in his hide. Unbelievable. Yikes. About that time, too, uh, there was something that had hit the scene called Golden Grams. Oh, yes. And all of a those. sudden, and why I liked those, but wouldn't touch a s'more to I save was my life. I was just going to say, Golden Grams might be the reason I don't like s'mores. Uh, <laughs> I will eat the occasional graham cracker, but I'm not big on it. Right. So I never was a fan of the golden right. grams. I got one last thing here, Fudd, that's kind of a traveling memory for me when it comes to cereal brought up to the cabin. Okay. And uh, God bless my mom. Uh, she would get all these... Yeah, I had a lot of aunts and uncles that had lake places. And sure. then she was very active in her church, and there were a lot of people in church that had their own... Lake place as well. Right. We had a cabin. They had lake places, lake homes. Oh. It's like, well, we've got a shoebox on cinder blocks, lots of <laughs> fishing rods. She'd always bring up, and this was from a friend, oh, we got to try these, and she made them at home in the winter, and people said, yeah, they're, they're not bad. I'll bring them to the cabin, too. And it, was, and it involved about 12 boxes of cereal. Oh, my gosh. And you, you took all these different cereals and and about nine of the 12 were like all brand this and <laughs> brand master flash this and oh my god more brand the movie you know it's all this just brand brand and more you're gonna be oh my regular gosh. put it that way and she'd mix all these together and she'd she'd put it together in and you just so much from each box mm-hmm. so that you there were always like 12 boxes of cereal that i couldn't stand Right. Under under the stove where we stored all our cereal you know, yeah. at home, but she'd she'd make a, you made it in a one gallon ice cream pail, all right. and all these different cereals, like I said, about eighty percent brand, and then on top of that, she'd add three to four handfuls of raisins, <laughs> and so wow. you can already see where this is going. Oh my gosh! And the idea was then you you had your muffin tins up there at the lake, and you just took a scoop and filled up a muffin tin put it back in the fridge the rest of it you didn't use and she you know we got 12 muffins this morning <laughs> you know and here's the here's the spread yum, you know yum. grease them up nice and <laughs> see how many you know and as a kid i'm like bottomless pit and I'm yeah. three or four of these muffins and then by about one o'clock in the afternoon I'm, oh boy as, as i said earlier gang way for a miracle here it comes get out of my way and, and we were all kind of at that place in, in you know, a one-bathroom cabin. But 
it was it was unreal, and, I, and that just made such perfect sense to her. I got a full one gallon pail of these things. We could just <laughs> we're going to keep eating muffins until we explode, and and we darn near did. But it was everything you can oat clusters and all bran. And I, there were so many of those bran cereals. You know, there was a local yeah. paper writer who made a comical piece in the newspaper about. Who are the guys that eat this stuff? He said, I'm just picturing a room full of grim, old, stone-jawed men <laughs> chewing away. No smiles in the room, deafening, crunching. By God, they're healthy. This, this is, is good. This is good. It's not. I don't like it, but it's going to be good. Crazy stuff. So, yeah, we'd get those those uh, high colonic muffins that would just wow they were they were rare, raring to go Sounds, and there were lots they and, could have doubled as a an anchor oh I without think. a doubt without a <laughs> doubt we could throw it in the freezer and just there it is it weighs 50 pounds <laughs> but but like that she was also in at one point into making her own summer sausage out of hamburger oh. liquid smoke and wrapping it in foil and throwing it in the oven Little smoke flavored meatloaves just dripping with grease. You know, have some of this, and that was another great idea. You know, what it was about my aunts and uncles, I don't know. Bran muffin, uh, and then yeah, that homemade sausage that was oh boy. And then lastly, the always every family event at somebody's cabin, at somebody's farm. There's an A-frame cabin we used to go to, and and Watkins, and just a jumbo trunks. Baked beans with 12 beans. There's 12 different beans in there. I made like five gallons. Eat eat your fill. Is there a problem here I should know in our family that everything is is for uh, the gastrointestinal tract, you know, to keep moving? I don't understand. What was the colon health in your family? Uh, It must have been great. I don't don't know. A lot of candles and spray. Leave it at that. Open that window. Share it with the neighbors. Yeah, strange, strange stuff. Wow. Well, cereal and trees. Cereal and trees? Absolutely. That leads me in another direction. I know our cabin, Whitefish Chain, and I know yours as well on the on the Gull River. There is a lot of edible fruit. Yeah. Every spring into summer, late summer, early fall. Trees, shrubs, all over the place, you know. Uh, you name it, it's growing. The little Little blueberry shrubs down by, you know that road cut that kind of goes through the back of your property mm-hmm. out in the woods obviously lots of pines lots of lots of acid for those blueberry plants we had we had raspberries and blackberries going mm. everywhere that dump where i used to find all my cone top beer cans mm-hmm. amongst ancient trash you know there was there was thickets of raspberries and blackberries hmm. um and even the black cap raspberries where they were kind of purple oh, and i was okay. like are this, is this what makes the blue raspberry soda Right. The blue raspberry gum, the blue raspberry candy, is this? The I magic. wonder, man, they were really seedy. I remember that. They were yeah. really small and lots of seeds, but uh, but they were kind of blue, blue-purple. But we also had hazelnut shrubs all over the place, and I've seen those up in Ely, but I think I've seen them at the Gull River, too. I never knew enough about them to recognize them. They get hit real hard by the squirrels and chipmunks. Uh, they love them. They absolutely love them. But... Uh, the various things that grow out there. What's 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 got Fud's vote for favorite wild fruit? Well, I guess it would be the blueberries. They're the most prevalent up there, and mm-hmm. there were several mornings where my dad would make pancakes and put in the fresh blueberries he just picked right down the road. And oh my gosh, there's again, there's nothing compares to fresh picked blueberries. 
in your pancakes um, or in your muffins. Replace some of those raz- or, uh, raisins with blueberries. Maybe it would have been oh, yes. a slightly different experience. But blueberries right. are outstanding. It's, it's, and honestly, even if we're not talking cabin country, but just walking through a grocery store, that's where mm-hmm. I go to immediately is, wow, it's blueberry season. Yeah. These are outstanding. Love them. Absolutely love them. That's Ely, up in Ely. If we yeah. get there at the right time of year, like late, late, late June, first couple of weeks of July, they are everywhere. Mm. And the bears love it. The black bears are out there just mowing down on these things. And, sure. And you know where they've been in camp because they leave you little <laughs> deposits. <laughs> at one point, a good friend of mine said, well, I saw a huge pile of bear scat at the crossroads where we go from the east camp into the west camp. It's either a really good-sized adult black bear or a really antisocial camper. I'm not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope for the former. Uh, 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 yeah. family camp here let's let's keep it together but uh yeah black bears they'll they'll and if you didn't know any better it's like boy did those even get digested holy man that wow. passed right through them the last thing i was kind of thinking for the the fudd and bjorn kind of best of best favorites. of here your favorite bird fudd welcome to the great state of minnesota cabin country i know there's a few of them that are highly edible we've given them plenty of time oh, yes the mighty but pheasant. There's a lot. There's a lot Rough that are, are that I consider favorites. I guess I would say birds that I've seen quite a few of. They seem exotic, even though they're pretty prevalent around here. And that's the northern yellow shafted flicker. They're kind of a. They're sort of in the woodpecker family, and they do feed on the ground. But that's you know they've got kind of a red triangle at the back. You know the nape of their neck, mm-hmm. long bill. And they've got the coloring of a, you know, sort of that dove-colored gray, and 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 black checks and everything. Mm-hmm. Just a just a pretty. And then when they fly, you can see shafts. Well, yellow shafts of feathers uh, in their wings. Pretty good-sized bird too. Aren't yeah, they? they're fairly fairly big. A good size good sized bird, and uh, that's a favorite. And I will go on to say too that there's something about. Owls and the great gray owl, I oh, yeah. think. Um, Huge head. I think because they're so, yeah, gigantic. <laughs> Big bird. And they're they're elusive, and when they fly, they're like dead silent. Mm-hmm. And again, sometimes a favorite bird uh, becomes a favorite bird because of when you see them or encounter them. And for me, it's like on some walks I've been on to just sort of come across this, this great gray owl in a... Uh, in a tree, it was kind of low in a tree. It didn't look particularly frightened of me or anything. Yeah. I was just sitting there and looking around, and it was just and that made my day, of course. Majestic bird. And so, so yeah, I'd say that's my. Those are two that stand out, but uh, there's there's quite a few. Of course, the older I get, maybe it's just an old older person thing. Oh, I just like the birds. They're just wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know. And the ducks, of course, always looking to see what's flying up at the cabin. And wood ducks are plentiful. Mallards are plentiful. I think, I if, if I see a bluebill, bluebills are kind of a favorite. So, so there we go. I've given you more than you you need a favorite duck, a favorite large bird, and sort of a favorite woodpecker family bird. Yeah, how I about think, yourself? I think I, I you know I had the, th- the 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 flicker down as well. It's a cool looking bird. Mm. I'm also a fan, and they've been in my neighborhood, strangely enough, mm. lately. In the capital city of St. Paul, I've been seeing pileated woodpeckers. Oh, yes. Hanging around uh, the uh, Red Maples in our neighborhood. Oh. 
um, plenty of those up at the Gull River. Man, they're all over the place. Yeah. And, and again, a large bird. Yes. A good-sized bird. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the great gray owl. I, For me, it's a real toss-up. Great grays or, or the great horned. Yeah. That's a cool bird, too, with right. kind of tufted ears. Feathers kind of going over the bill or the beak, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of feel like it's always just kind of staring at you sizing you up like wow right. you're clearly not worthy to be in front of me but i'll <laughs> yeah. tolerate you and and yeah they take off and you don't hear a thing you know i've heard the same about my dad used to talk about barn owls mm, you'll yeah. hear them if you if they want to be heard and they, yeah. they let fly with a pretty haunting sounding screech i guess oh yeah often kind of attributed to the haunted barn no it's full of barn owls right nothing to worry about they're keeping the mouse population down but uh yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, I, I tip of the cap to our neighbor to the east. The the favorite owl I'm told by many in Wisconsin is this little little tiny thing called the sawwet owl. Oh yeah, it's all head basically, yeah. and it's tiny, tiny. It's just a cute little bird. But uh, I, I'm also keen on you, you see them from time to time up at your dad's place there. The uh, the kestrels, those little tiny sure. raptors. You know, it's yeah. like baby's first hawk. You know, this yeah. little tiny. <laughs> pick praise on on large insects and and other small birds um i've i must maybe it's from growing up near uh a lake that had a lot of kind of backwaters and sedges and things like that or maybe it's going to my grandpa's farm as a kid there was you know wetlands all over the place up there where he'd water his livestock but there were there were equal numbers of red red winged blackbirds Mm -hmm. and yellow-headed blackbirds yeah and those two together, some really interesting calls. I, right, I just love yeah. the sounds they make. You know, bright, bright colors, and uh, they don't really kind of leave their area. I mean, they kind of stay where they're kind of away from people. Right. If you're canoeing, you might see them, hear them, certainly. But uh, really cool bird songs. I mean, that that for me is almost the more interesting part is being able to hear something and know yeah. what it is. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of getting like you. I'm like not quite as young as I used to be. I'm like, I can identify that bird. Right. That was that was a whippoorwill, you know? Yeah. That you would only be hearing, seeing kind of closer to nighttime. I almost ran one over with a lawnmower once. Oh, my God. As a kid mowing the backyard. I was like, what in the world is that? And it bedded down in the grass in our backyard. Wow. Good-sized bird. Strange-looking bird. Wow. If you've ever seen a whippoorwill before, they are no. very, you know, nighthawk is their other name. and Tiny little little beak and and, and almost like whiskers over the beak yeah and uh it was not moving i was coming up on it with that lawnmower and it just sat there and i stopped and it wouldn't move it kind of cranked one eye back at me and blinked a couple times i was like you're good i just kind of went in the house i'm like i'm leaving alone come back and finish this later go have a gold metal (laughs) lemon lime or something right now but uh, and when he took off He'd been. He, I came back out. He was gone, but where he'd been bedded down was this little <laughs> indentation in the grass. So huh. clearly, I should have mowed sooner. I was long enough to leave an indentation. But uh, cool bird, very cool bird. Any particular like uh, calls that? Uh, what's I mean? Well, maybe, a, maybe the I'm red. A, I'm a big sap for the the state bird. I, the, the, the the various loon. calls of the loon. Yeah, just that to me screams cabin country. Yeah, you're in cabin country when you're hearing loons calling. Yeah, you know, either either trilling or hooting or letting out that yodel. It's like there's no question where you are. 
I kind of like, too, that occasionally in maybe a movie or maybe something you're listening to, you might hear a loon if they want to create a sort of a spooky atmosphere, which I think is hilarious to me. It's almost as funny as trying to make trees scary. Right. I mean, yeah, I will admit that in the... If you're in the middle of the woods on a black night, uh, it, it can be frightening because you just don't know what's alive near what's you. out there? But uh, it's tracking me. It is kind of funny to think of things like loon calls being scary. But um, yeah, I would agree on that. And uh, I, th- of course, when you hear an owl, that's a that's a cool thing. I thought I had another call. Well, I actually crows can be obnoxiously loud. But I do like the distant sound of crows. To me, it sounds kind of like fall. Right. And uh, I was just reading about uh, an interesting little tidbit about crows and and or ravens that if, you know, they apparently can recognize human faces. Oh, yeah. And I've also heard that if you say you were to leave food out for a crow... Um, over time in an area where they, you know, that it would begin to leave gifts for you, like pieces of food for you. <laughs> you know, you might find like a little piece of mouse or something. Sure. Hey. Uh, here, here's my gift. For, thank you for giving me food. Now here's some for here's you. something I, for you. I just thought that was <laughs> fascinating. Thanks. I'll make new friends. <laughs> Keep the old. I don't, I, I'm full right now. One's I don't raven, need the half The others are crows. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. But uh, I'm more of a raven fan. Yeah. Big, you know, Scandinavian ancestry. It's part of the Norse mythology. Sure. Odin's ravens, you know. Oh, yes. And they have a different call. I mean, it's much more yeah. kind of throaty, kind of raspy, almost like a deeper, you know. And yeah. Big. It's a big bird. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. Ravens and crows, incredibly intelligent right. creatures. You know, they they can they can pick many locks. All kinds of things you set up to try. I know, I, get this little thistle seed feeder for the small birds. You're going to leave it alone. And pretty soon they figured out how to get the glass off the thing and they're <laughs> right. going to town. And, you know, it's, it, I don't get angry. I'm just impressed. I'm like, oh, man, that's, yeah. that's, that's really kind of cool. The, again, where we had a cabin, the, the man who had owned all the cabins when it was his resort, he had a trained raven oh. on, his, on his place, Bandit. Oh. And it knew its name, and it would it would yell out its name every now and again. You'd hear oh, this. Really? It's like, oh wow, who's what? What in the world is that? Oh, that's Bandit the the Raven. He's, he's, <laughs> that's amazing. He'd sit on top of white pines and just Bandit, Bandit. You know, I didn't think they could talk. Wow. Well, maybe I was just making it up. But I, yeah, you knew who he was, and he 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 would see the owner, and you know, well, this guy feeds me. And he'd kind of follow him around. Wow. It, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I like grouse, but every time they get up in front of us, wow. (laughs) Wow. It's, yeah, it's... Exploding from cover. You can never quite prepare yourself. Nope. Always right at your most vulnerable, I'm ready for it, I'm ready for it, I'm ready for it. Wait, I got to scratch. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, and it's gone. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Excellent. I think the coffee pot's darn near... Yeah, low, dangerously low to empty, and we're gonna have to do something about that. Had here. my full, but it was a, it was it was good. Kind of thinking about all the all the favorites, the cabin country favorites. Right, right. And uh, and now that the season's turning, we're gonna be looking forward to our. We're, Bjorn and I are gonna make more than one trip to the Gull River this year, so we'll I th- be. I think so. Heading up there shortly, and uh, we'll even 
Old lures in the water, see if we can fish anything out. Right. Annual fall trek up, maybe even a midsummer. Who knows? Trying to get up to Paul Bunyan land, uh, behind the the scenes. The back alleys there at Paul Bunyan land. Maybe crash my my cousin Doug's uh, bass fishing tournament here, coming up soon. Well, and then there's the epic tale of Fudd's new boat. That's right. It just might be a reality this year, folks. This could be it. There's There's something in the brewing. Right. Perhaps Fudd will have more for us on that as we get closer to something. All kinds of fun stuff ahead. All right. Well, Don, you want to send us out? It's been another good edition, and uh, we look forward to you joining us next time. We got some country. Fun loving topics ready for you. And that was that was Fudd signing off, so I better do oh, the same. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Sorry, Fudd. On Cabin <laughs> Country. Hey. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see you next time. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.